0: Section 3 of The Murder of Delicia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Angelique Campbell. March 2019. The Murder of Delicia by Marie Corelli. Chapter 2. Part 1. Delicia was perfectly right when she said that her new distinction would draw extra snobs around her a handle to one's name invariably attracts all the social runaways in the same fashion that mischievous street boys are attracted to bang at a particularly ornate and glittering door-knocker and then scamper off in hiding before any servant has time to answer the false summons people who are of old and good families themselves think nothing of titles But those who have neither good birth breeding nor education attach a vast amount of importance to these placards of rank and can never refrain from an extra awe-stricken expression of countenance when introduced to a duke or withhold the regulation royalty dip when in the presence of some foreign princess who as a matter of fact has no right to royalty honours at all delicia had met a great many such small dignitaries but she never curtsied any of them whereat their petty vanity was wounded and they thought these authors have bad manners she read their thoughts and smiled but did not care she reserved her salutations for royalty itself not for the imitation of it and now that she was a ladyship she obtained a great deal of amusement out of the study of character among her various friends who envied and grudged her the trumpery honour The Toxies and Snooksies of society could scarcely contain themselves for spite when they learned that, for the future, they would have to speak of the female authoress as Lady Carleon. The casual caller and the one man began to allude to her as Delicia, Lady Carleon, rolling the sweet, quaint name of Delicia on their tongues with a keener sense of enjoyment than usual in its delicate flavor thereby driving the tuxies and snooksies into a more fevered condition than ever paul valdez heard the news suddenly when he was dressing for his part as on an evening when royalty had announced its gracious intention of being present to see him do it and there would appear to have been something not altogether incorrect in the rumour that he was madly in love with delicia for he turned very white and lost command of his usual equable temper in an altercation with his dresser whom he dismissed abruptly with something like an oath lady Carillon, he said to himself staring at his own classic face and brilliant dark eyes in the little mirror which dominated his make-up table and i no more than a mime stage puppet and plaything of the public wait though i am something more i am a man in heart and soul and feeling a man which my lord carleon is not and he played that night not for royalty which clapped its lavender-kick gloves at him in as much enthusiastic approval as royalty ever shows but for her new ladyship who sat in a box overlooking the stage dressed in pure white with a knot of lilies at her bosom dreamily unconscious that Ornani was anything but arnani or that Beldez was putting his own fiery soul into victor hugo's dummy and making it live breathe and burn with a passionate ardour never equalled on the stage of which she delicia was the chief inspiration delicia was in very truth curiously unconscious of the excitement and unrest she always managed to create around herself unintentionally her strong individuality was to blame but she was as unaware of the singular influence she exerted as a rose is unaware of the fragrance it sheds everything she did was watched and commented upon her manners her dress her gestures the very turn of her head and the slow supple movements of her body and society was forever on the lookout for a glance a sigh a word which might indicate the dropping of the handkerchief to paul valdez But the closest espionage failed to discover anything compromising in delicia's way of life or daily conduct this caused the fury of the tuxies and snooksies to rage unabatedly while so far as delicia herself was concerned she had no thought beyond the usual two subjects which absorbed her existence her work and her husband her title made no sort of difference to her and herself delicia vaughan was still the charmed name wherewith she drew her public many of whom scarcely glanced at the lady Carleon, printed in small type between brackets underneath the more famous appellation of the title-pages of all her books and in her own mind she was more amused than edified by the flunky like attention shown to her ladyship honors how nice for you said a female acquaintance to her on one of her visiting days to have such a title such a distinction for literature isn't it no not at all answered Alicia tranquilly it is a distinction for the title to have literature attached to it the female acquaintance started violently eh, dear me and she tittered you really er excuse me seem to have a very good opinion of yourself delicia's delicate brows drew together in a proud line you mistake she said i have no good opinion of myself at all what i have of literature perhaps you will more clearly understand what i mean if i remind you that there have been several lord byrons but literature makes it impossible to universally recognize more than one literature can add honor to the peerage but the peerage can never add honor to literature not at any rate to what i understand as literature and what is your definition of literature lady Carleon? may i ask inquired a deferential listener to the conversation power replied alicia closing her small white hand slowly and firmly as though she held the sceptre of an empire in its grasp the power to make men and women think hope and achieve the power to draw tears from the eyes smiles from the lips of thousands the power to make tyrants tremble and unseat false judges in authority the power to strip hypocrisy of its seeming fair disguise and of brand liars with their name writ large for all the world to see the female acquaintance got up disturbed in her mind she did not like the look of delicia's violet eyes which flashed like straight shafts of light deep into the dark recesses of her soul i must be going she murmured so sorry I, it's quite delightful to hear you talk lady carleon you are so very eloquent but i have another call to make Heh. good afternoon but the deferential listener lingered strangely moved i wish there were more writers who felt as you do lady carleon he said gently i knew you first as the least and loved your books i hope you will try and love them still she said simply there's no difference i assure you between delicia bonne and lady Carleon. they are and always will be the same working woman she gave him her hand in parting he stooped low kissed it and went left alone with the great dog spartan she sat looking musically up at the glossy spreading leaves of the giant palm that towered up to the ceiling from a painted cerfra's face in the middle of her drawing-room and almost for the first time in her life a faint shadow of trouble and uneasiness clouded her bright nature how i do hate humbug she thought it seems to me that i have had to put up with so much more of it lately than i ever had before it's this wretched title i suppose i wish i could dispense with it altogether it does not please me though it pleases will he is so good-natured that he does not seem able to distinguish between friends and others who are mere toadies. It would be a good thing for me if I had the same unsuspecting disposition. But, most unfortunately, I see things as they are, not as they appear to be. And this was true. She did see things clearly and comprehensively always, except in one direction. There she was totally blind. But in her blindness lay all her happiness, and though the rose-colored veil of illusion was wearing thin, no rent had yet been made in it it was her at-home day and she sat waiting resignedly for the callers who usually flocked to her between five and six in the afternoon the two people who had come and gone namely the female acquaintance and the differential listener had been chance visitors out of the ordinary run and it was only half-past four when a loud ring of the bell made spartan growl and look to his mistress for orders to bite if necessary quiet spartan said Alicia gently we are at home to-day you know you mustn't bark at anybody spartan rolled his eyes discontentedly he hated at-home days and he went off in a far corner of the drawing-room where there was a convenient bearskin rug to lie on there he curled himself up to sleep meanwhile the visitor who had rung the bell so violently was announced Mrs. Lefroy, and Alicia rose with a slightly weary and vexed air, as a handsome woman, overdressed and overpowdered, entered the room. Her white teeth bare to view in the English society smile. "My dear," she exclaimed, "how delightful you look, and what a perfectly lovely room! I have seen it often before, of course, and yet it seems to me always lovelier." and you too what a sweet gown oh my dear i have such fun to tell you i know you didn't expect to see me i got away from the riviera much sooner than i thought i should all my money went to monte carlo in the most frightfully rapid way and so i came back to town one can have larks in town as well as anywhere else without the temptation of that dear wicked fascinating casino and my dear nothing is talked of but your book everybody's waiting for it with the greatest impatience it's finished isn't it in the hands of the publishers how delightful and of course you got loads of money for it how nice for you and for that glorious-looking husband of yours and you are looking so well no tea dearest thank you oh i really must take off my cloak a moment thanks is there anyone else coming today? oh of course you always have crowds that is why i want to tell you what fun we had last night lord carleon never expected we should see him you know Delicio looked up from the tea-tray whither she had moved on the impulse of hospitality. She had not spoken. She knew Mrs. Lefroy of old, and was aware that it was better to let her have her talk out. "'Of course,' went on Mrs. Lefroy, "'you have heard of Marina, the new dancer, the girl who appears on the stage like a hooded cobra.' and gradually winds herself out of her serpent skin into a woman with scarcely any clothes on and dances about among a lot of little snakes of fire done with electricity the one that all the men are going mad over on account of her wonderful legs delicia with a slight movement more of regret than offense nodded well we were having supper at the savoy last night and what do you think my dear and here mrs lefroy clasped her well-gloved hands together in a kind of slandermongering ecstasy who should come in and sit down at the very next table but lord carleon and this very marina delicia turned round slowly her eyes shining and a smile on her mouth well she said mrs lefroy's nose reddened through the powder and she tossed her head Well is that all you say well i should certainly find some more forcible observation than that if i heard of my husband taking the marina to supper at the savoy would you said delicia smiling but then you see i am not you and your husband is not my husband there's all the difference besides men are free to amuse themselves in their own way provided they wronged no one by doing so with creatures like marina inquired mrs Lefroy with a wide smile really my dear you are extremely tolerant do you know that even paul valdez an actor and you wouldn't think he was particular would not be seen with a cobra person mr valdez chooses his own associates no doubt to please his own taste said Delicia quietly. It is nothing to me whether he would be seen with the cobra person, as you call her, or whether he would not. If my husband likes to talk to her, there must be something clever about her, and something nice, too. I should imagine. All dancers are not demons. "'My poor Delicia!' exclaimed Mrs. Lafroy. "'Really, you are too unsuspicious and sweet for anything.' if you would only let me open your eyes a little the Duke and duchess of mortlands announced the maiden waiting at this juncture and the conversation was broken off for the reception of a very stately old lady and a very jolly old gentleman the old gentleman took a cup of tea and bowed so often to delicia over it that he spilt some drops of tea down his waistcoat while his portly spouse spread cake crumbs profusely over the broad expanse known to dressmakers and tailors as the bust measurement they were charming old people though untidy and being of an eminently ancient family their ancestors having had something to do with the battle of creasy they admired alicia for herself and her brilliant gifts alone even to the forgetting of a married name occasionally and to the calling of her of miss vaughan For which slip they instantly apologized. Numbers of people now began to arrive, and Alicia's drawing-rooms were soon full. A famous Swedish canatrix came among others, and in her own pleasant way offered to sing a mountain melody of her native land. Her rich voice was still paling through the air when there was a slight stir and excitement among the silent listeners to the music, and Paul Valdez entered unannounced. He stood near the door till the song that was being sung had ended. Then he advanced towards Delicia, who greeted him with her usual simple grace, and showed no more effusion towards him than she had shown to the old duke who had spilt his tea. He was pale and somewhat absent-minded, though he talked generalities with several people present, much as he disliked talking generalities now and then he became gloomy and curt of speech and at such moments mrs lefroy watching him felt that she would have given worlds to stay on and hide herself somewhere behind a curtain that she might see how he was going to comport himself after the gabbling crowd had gone but she had already stayed more than an hour she would get no more chance of talking to delicia she was obliged to go home and dress for a dinner-party that evening so finally she reluctantly made the best of a bad business glided up to her hostess to say goodbye. So sorry to be going, she murmured. I really wish I could have a few minutes' private talk with you, but you are such a busy woman. Yes, I am, agreed Alicia, smiling. However, opportunities for talking scandal always turn up sometime or other. Don't you find it so? Mrs. Lefroy was not quite proof against this delicate home-thrust she felt distinctly angry but there was no time to show it she forced a smile and went determining within herself that some day she would shake the classic composure of the female authoress to his very foundations and make of her a trembling weak jealous woman like many others whom she knew who were blessed with husbands like lord carleon gradually the after tea crowd dispersed and delicia was left alone with only one remaining visitor paul valdez the dog spartan rose from the corner where he had lain peacefully retired from view during the crush of visitors and advancing majestically with wagging tail laid a big head caressingly on the actor's knee one at least of your many friends is honest lady carlion he said somewhat fatigued with the business of receiving her guest, had seated herself in a low armchair, her head leaning back on a cushion, and now she looked round, slightly smiling. "'You mean Spartan,' she said, or yourself. "'I mean Spartan,' he replied with a touch of passion. "'A dog may be honest without offence to the world in general, but a man must never be honest, unless he wishes to be considered a fool, or a madman, or both.' she regarded him intently for a moment her artistic eye quickly took note of the attractive points of his face and figure and with the perception of a student of character she appreciated the firm and manly lines of the well-developed hand that rested on spartan's head but it was with the admiration which she would have given to a fine picture more readily than to a living being something however troubled her as she looked for she saw that he was suppressing some strong emotion in her presence and her first thought was that the english version of renani was going to prove a failure you speak bitterly mr valdez she said after a pause and yet you ought not to do so considering the brilliancy of your position and your immense popularity does a brilliant position and immense popularity satisfy a man do you think he asked not looking at her but keeping his gaze on the honest brown eyes of spartan who with the quaint conceit of a handsome dog who knows his own value went on wagging his tail under the impression that the conversation was addressed to him alone though i suppose it ought to satisfy an actor who by some folks is considered hardly a man at all but if we talk of position and popularity you far outbalance me in honours and are you satisfied perfectly and Alicia smiled full into his eyes i should indeed be ungrateful if i were not he made a slight movement of impatience ungrateful how strange that word sounds from your lips why use it at all you are surely the last person on earth who should speak of gratitude for you owe no one anything you have worked for your fame worked harder than any one i know and you have won it you have given out the treasures of your genius to the public and they reward you with their love and honour it is a natural sequence of cause and effect there is no reason why you should be grateful for what is merely the just recognition of your worth you think not said alicia still smiling ah i cannot quite agree with you you see there have been so many who have toiled for fame and never won it so many who have poured out the treasures of their genius to quote your own words on a totally unappreciative world which has never recognized them till long after they are dead and this is why i consider one cannot be too grateful for a little kindness from one's fellow creatures while one is living though if you ask the press people they will tell you it's a very bad sign of your quality as an author if you succeed the only proofs of true genius are never to sell one's books at all die burden with debts and difficulties and leave your name and fame to be glorified by a posterity whom you will never know valdez laughed and alicia her eyes sparkling with fun rose from her chair and took up a newspaper from one of the side-tables close by listen she said this appears in yesterday's morning chanticleer apropos of your humble servant the rampant lady novelist known as delicia Bon is at it again not content with having married beauty carleon of the guards who has just stepped into his deceased brother's title shoes and is now lord carleon she is about to issue a scathing book on the manners and morals of the present age written no doubt in the usual hysterical style affected by female posers in literature whose works appeal chiefly to residents of brixton and clapham way we regret that lady carleon does not see the necessity of assuming dignity even if she hath it not on her elevation through her husband to the circles of the upper ten there what do you think of that she asked gaily as she flung the journal down Valdez had risen and stood confronting her with frowning brow and flashing eyes think of it he said angrily why that i should like to horsewhip the dirty blackguard who wrote it delicia looked up at him in genuine amazement dear me she exclaimed playfully but why so fierce friend or this is nothing nothing at all to what the newspapers generally say of me i don't mind it in the least it rather amuses me on the whole but don't you see how they mistake the position exclaimed valdez impetuously don't you see that they are giving your husband all the honour of elevation to the circles of the upper ten as if you were not there already by the merit of your genius alone what would lord carleon be without you even were he twenty times a lord he owes everything to you and to your brain-work he is nothing in himself and less than nothing there i have gone too far delicia stood very still her face was pale and her beautiful eyes were cold in their shining as the gleam of stars in frosty weather yes you have gone too far mr Valdez. she said and i am sorry for we were friends she laid the slightest little emphasis on the word were and the strong heart of the man who loved her sank heavily with a forlorn sense of misery for the inward rage that consumed him to think that she the patient loving woman who coined wealth by her own unassisted work while her husband spent the money and amused himself with her earnings should be publicly sneered at as a nothing and her worse or half poutied and flattered as if he were a yankee millionaire in his own right was stronger than the personal passion he entertained for her and his manful resentment of the position could not be repressed i am sorry too lady Carleon," he said hoarsely avoiding her gaze for i do not feel i can retract anything i have said there was a silence delicia was deeply displeased yet with her displeasure there was mingled a vague sense of uneasiness and fear she found it difficult to maintain her self-possession there was something in the defiant look and attitude of valdez that almost moved her to give way to a sudden undignified outburst of anger she was tempted to cry out to him what is it that you are hiding from me there is something tell me all you know but she bit her lip hard and laid her hand on spartan's collar to somewhat conceal its trembling thus standing she bent her head with grave grace and courtesy good-bye mr valdez he started and looked at her half imploringly the simple words were his dismissal and he knew it because he had in that unguarded moment spoken a word in dispraise of the glorious six feet of husband the doors of delicia's house would henceforth be closed to him and the fair presence of Delicia herself would be denied to his sight. It was a blow, but he was a man, and he took his punishment manfully. "'Good-bye, Lady Carlion," he said. "'I deserve little consideration at your hands, but I will ask you not to condemn me altogether as a discourteous charlin' Till, till you know a few things of which you are now happily ignorant.' Were I a selfish man, I should wish you to be enlightened speedily concerning these matters. But being God knows, your true friend— Here his voice trembled. I pray you may remain a long time yet in the purest paradise known on earth, the paradise of a loving soul's illusion. My hand shall not destroy one blossom in your fairy garden. In all days of chivalry— beautiful and beloved women had champions to defend their honour and renown and fight for them if needed and though the old days are no longer with us chivalry is not quite dead so if ever you need a champion heavens what am i saying no wonder you look scornful lady delicia corleon to need the championship of an actor the thing is manifestly absurd you in your position In help me by your influence, but I can do nothing to help you. If by chance you should ever need help, I am talking wildly and deepening my offenses in your eyes. Perhaps, however, you will think better of me some day. And so, good-bye again. I cannot ask you to forgive me. If ever you desire to see me once more, I will come at your command, but not till then." inflexibly she stood without offering him her hand in farewell but he desperately caught that hand and kissed it with the ardor of an ornani and a romeo intermingled then he turned and left the room delicia listened to his retreating footsteps as he descended the stairs and passed into the hall below then she heard the street door close a great sigh of relief broke from her lips he was gone this impertinent actor who had presumed to say that her husband was nothing and less than nothing. He was gone, and he would probably never come back. She looked down at Spartan, and found the dog's eyes were turned up to hers in inquiring wonder and sadness. As plainly as any animal could speak by mere expression, he was saying, "'What is the matter with Valdez? He is a friend of mine, and why have you driven him away?' spartan dear she said drawing him towards her he is a very conceited man and he says unkind things about our dear master and we do not intend to let him come near us any more these great actors always get spoilt and think they are lords almighty and presume to pass judgment on much better men than themselves paul valdez is being so run after and so ridiculously flattered that he will soon become quite unbearable spartan sighed profoundly he was not entirely satisfied in his canine mind he gave one or two longing and wistful glances towards the door but his wandering thoughts were quickly recalled to his immediate surroundings by the feeling of something warm and wet dropping on his head it was a tear a bright tear fallen from the beautiful eyes of his mistress and in anxious haste he pressed his rough body close against her with a mute caress of inquiring sympathy In very truth, Delicia was crying, quietly and in a secret way, as though ashamed to acknowledge her emotion even to herself. As a rule, she liked to be able to give a reason for her feelings, but on this occasion she found it impossible to make any analysis of the cause of her tears. Yet they fell fast, and she wiped them away quickly with a little filmy handkerchief as fine as a cobweb, which spartan, moved by a sudden desire to provide her with some harmless distraction from melancholy made uncouth attempts to secure as a plaything he succeeded so far in his clumsy gambols as to bring the flicker of a smile on her face at last whereat he rejoiced exceedingly and wagged his tail with a violence that threatened to entirely dislocate that useful member in a few minutes she was quite herself again and when her husband returned to dinner met him with the usual beautiful composure that always distinguished her bearing though there was an air of thoughtful resolve about her which accentuated the delicate lines of her features and made her look more intelligently classic than ever when she took her seat at the table that evening her statuesque serenity combined with her fair face steadfast eyes and a rich hair knotted loosely at the back of her well-shaped head gave her so much the aspect of something far superior to the ordinary run of mortal women that Carleon, fresh from a game of Baccarat, where he had lost over three hundred pounds in a couple of hours, was conscious of a smarting sense of undefinable annoyance. End Chapter 2 Part 1